0: and elders, welcome to the Preach My Gospel Training Podcast. I'm your host Julia Carlson, and today we have with us Elder Jeremy R. Yagi. He's serving as an assistant executive director in the Missionary Department. Elder Yagi served in Ohio as a young missionary, and later with his wife and children served in the Utah Ogden Mission. Thanks for being here with Thanks, us, today. Julia. We also have with us today Stephanie Allen Egbert. Now, Stephanie has worked in several different church departments through the years, and today she is the Director of Member Engagement in the Missionary Department. So you're just the perfect person to join us on today's topic. So happy to be here. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. And my sisters, we are talking today specifically about working with ward and stake leaders, the member leaders in your areas as you do missionary work. The most updated instruction we have on working with ward leaders is in Chapter 23 of the General Handbook. Can you share with us why is working with word leaders so critical for missionaries?
1: I'll start. Is that okay, Stephanie? Please. John 17 makes it very clear, and it's starting in verse 20 through 22. Neither pray I for these alone, but for them also which shall believe on me through their word, that they all may be one as thou, Father, art in me, and I in thee, that they also may be one in us that the world may believe. Now, there's the key phrase there, that the world may believe when we're one. And then the glory which thou gavest me, I have given them that they may be one, even as we are one. So the members and missionaries coming together, utilizing the keys of a mission president and the keys of a stake president, bishop, elders quorum, teachers quorum, deacons quorum president, coming together in one To start, unlock, or secure—that's what keys
0: do—makes
1: a real difference in initiating the work, continuing the work, elevating the work.
2: One thing I might add is that you need to remember that the members are really interested in sharing the gospel and helping in this cause. Uh, It's their responsibility, just as Elder Yagi said, it's all of our responsibility to come together and share the gospel and— and frankly, it's our delight as well. And so I really think it's great to work and counsel together. Also to remember that you are there for a short time, but these members in the ward or branch or district where you're serving are there for a much longer time. And so they'll be the ones that maintain the relationships and um, and probably be, you know, fellow members when, if and when someone joins the church.
0: Mm. Yeah, those are great insights. As you think about being in a ward or branch and think about being the ward leadership assigned to missionary work in that unit, what's the value that full-time missionaries can bring as they're assigned to that ward and work with the ward leaders?
2: I had the great opportunity two years ago to go to England and Wales with my father-in-law to visit his mission field, that's what he called it, in Wales 50 years after he was there. Oh, wow. And we got to go to the branch that was now a stake where he was, and to meet what was then a 16 or 17-year-old boy, newly baptized, that since has gone on to be a bishop and a stake president and a temple president, because he hung out with the missionaries Mm -hmm. the whole time they were there. He was like a third companion. And so I would just Never underestimate your ability to influence not only those who you're teaching, but those in the ward, from the youth all the way up to the leaders. It was just an amazing experience. And he kept saying over and over again, Elder Egbert, thank you so much for coming on your mission. (laughs) Elder Egbert, thank you for changing my life. Look at all the fruits that are resulted of that. And this little teeny branch in Merthyr Tidfil in Wales. It was amazing.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. That brings alive a scripture, Doctrine and Covenants 93. When connected, man may receive a fullness of joy is what the Scripture says. And it's kind of referring to the spirit and the body, but it's talking about these deep connections that we're wanting to establish. When missionaries prioritize connections with members, when members with the missionaries and their friends, ah, oh, the roots go deep and you, you have a legacy like Elder Egbert had. us. Yeah.
0: I just love that example. You know, you're making me think about how the missionary purpose is that missionaries invite and help others to come unto Christ. And that in your ward or branch, wherever you're serving, those others include every member in the ward or the branch, you know. And for missionaries, uh, a ward leader has that same goal, too, that all the sisters in the Relief Society or all the elders in the elders quorum, all those families are coming into Christ. So if they can tap into the missionaries helping them in that effort, um, the missionaries add a value that I think they really add this opportunity to strengthen the work that the ward or the stake is already trying to do, that they can unite in that way. I love, I love those stories that you shared. Uh, let me ask you this. Sometimes working with ward leaders assigned to missionary work can be challenging. Are there any mistakes that you've seen missionaries make or maybe some, some challenges that they face that they should be mindful of as they're trying to work with ward leaders?
2: I would be delighted to share because I've only had the experience as a ward member. And um, I'll share a story that happened to me as a church employee, and then I'll relate it back to a ward setting. Um, I remember going to make a presentation with someone else to a member of the Quorum of the Seventy, and at the end, that person said, thank you for supporting us in our work, uh, to the member of the Quorum of the Seventy. And later on, somebody just gently corrected them, and they said, actually, we're supporting them in their work, and Mm -hmm. they're supporting the Lord in His work. (laughs) And so I would just suggest that as missionaries, we're supporting the ward in their work, And they, in turn, are supporting the Lord in His work. And so just remembering that you're there as a support and a help and strengthening agent, as opposed to have people help you do your work as a missionary. And I think that changing that paradigm really makes all the difference, because then you realize you're a servant in the hands of the Lord to help and bless that ward or branch or district that you're in.
0: That mindset seems really significant. I love the way you said that.
1: I love that too. Sometimes full-time missionaries are so eager, they may get out ahead of priesthood keys in the ward or the branch, or sometimes a member is so eager and may get out ahead. And so those brief informal coordination meetings or the text chat or the WeChat or the, um, the WhatsApp, those can be really powerful communication tools to ensure you're on the same page.
0: That's a great example. You know, this is reminding me as a missionary, I struggled sometimes. I would get so frustrated if we would ask the members and they just couldn't make time to do missionary work, this most important work, you know. And now I'm home and I'm a member and I can see all the things I'm responsible to do. And I wish I could go back to myself as a missionary and and remind myself to be a little more patient with the members. Any other mistakes you think missionaries make or things they should be mindful of as they try to work with ward leaders?
1: Well, in our efforts sometimes to follow the Savior's commission to teach repentance of baptized converts, we tend to get in especially over-eager or over about let's baptize now. But remember, this is about not only you baptizing now, but the missionaries that follow you and the missionaries that follow them and the members that are always there with your friends who you're teaching. And so sometimes taking the long view of how does our decision right now in the moment in the present affect missionaries a year from now, three years from now, five years from now, take the long view. President Nelson taught us about being myopic or narrow-focused when we need to take the long view and see the big picture.
2: The only thing I would add to that is, is realizing that sometimes things that are done so quickly are quickly undone. Mm-hmm. And so that's the importance of Letting a person take enough time to really become converted and understand what they're, the covenants that they're making.
0: Yeah, you know, I think that's true for a person's conversion. And it's definitely can also be true for forming those connections or relationships with ward members, right? That a person, um, there's a lot we can do to help them get integrated into a ward or branch to meet people and start to feel comfortable. And if the missionaries will include that in their work, it may take a little longer, but the person will stick around longer too, like you said. What advice would you give missionaries as they attend ward council or missionary coordination meetings?
1: Oh, Preach My Gospel has a great quote on page 216. In fact, if there's any place in Preach My Gospel you want to spend time learning about how to work better with members, it's page 216. And Preach My Gospel will be updated over time, but that's a great page. One of the quotes there says, the ward council will take the lead in providing a friend, responsibility, and spiritual nourishment for new converts. And they'll take the lead um, a lot of times based on your invitations. It could be a branch council. It could be a group council. You could be working at a district level. But your invitations really matter there, your soft, gentle, persuasive invitations as taught by the Oath and Covenant of the Priesthood. You will help them as requested, Priesthood leaders and members will do the fellowshipping with your assistance, but they need introductions to their friends.
2: I know that these meetings are sometimes held inconsistently, mm-hmm. and sometimes they're held consistently. And maybe a gentle, entreating response would be to help them have those meetings more consistently, so that not just to help you, but to help all of them remember this um, engagement. And. One of the things I've learned as I've, I've come into this role is that those meetings can be held various via various means and methodologies. So that can be a WhatsApp thread. It can be a hallway conversation. It can be a sit-down formal meeting. Um, and so I don't necessarily am preaching. I'm not preaching to have a sit-down meeting every week, but I really think that idea of consistently checking in and coordinating efforts is really important. And so as you can encourage that, that's wonderful. Again, don't be, you know, absurd or obnoxious about it. But, uh, and then let them take the lead and follow in line.
0: You know, you're bringing to my mind how important it would be for missionaries coming into an area to find out what works best for those members, right? To say, how would you like us to communicate Mm -hmm. with you? And and what are the ways that are the easiest for you to get these types of information we're going to be bringing you? We have some things built into their system that they need to use, the missionaries but that they can figure out what's going to work best for the members by asking and then you know, trying to follow what the people are asking for in terms of how they communicate with them.
1: Julie, you're, that's a very inspired comment that I hope all elders and sisters understand, that teaching in the Savior's way is about asking inspired questions, not preaching at mm-hmm. or giving instruction, right? The inspired question to a ward council member or a branch council member will matter far more than any preaching.
0: Anything else you think about as missionaries attend a meeting? Let's say they've never been to one before. What should they expect? One of the things I've uh, learned about this meeting is it
2: really should be individual-focused. It should be all about who's being taught right now and who are new members and how are they progressing and how are they integrating into that local unit. And then, of course. Are there other people that we would like to bring into this, you know, this group of interested friends? And so I think just making sure that those meetings stay focused on individuals and ways to, to bless their lives, it's a good, always good practice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love
1: that. I've heard many of my senior brethren comment that the weekly planning meeting may be one of the most important meetings you attend. Mm. Your weekly planning meeting with your companionship in preparation for the Ward or Branch Council And that they know ahead of time some of the individuals you'd like to talk about that have been on your mind that need a friend, that need nourishment by the good word of God. And so that weekly meeting on a Friday or a Saturday morning preceding the Branch Award Council, I think, is critical.
0: It sounds, from what I'm hearing you say, we can know in advance what we're going to want to talk about we could even communicate that in advance, who we're going to want to talk about, right? And then people can have that time to think and prepare before they get to the meeting.
1: I, I think that's right, knowing that the bishop of the ward council or the branch president, they run the meeting. Yeah. And you might do a lot of listening in that meeting. And they may not always get to the people you want to talk about, but in time they will.
2: Yeah. I That was well said. Amen. And I love the idea of helping people prepare because sometimes it's really hard in the moment To be like, how can you help us with this person? You're like,
0: oh, I don't know yet. (laughs) So that advanced preparation is really beneficial, I think. Yeah. Yeah. These are great thoughts. I just want to go to a meeting right now and (laughs) do this better than I did it as a missionary. So what if my companion and I, we want to work with the ward leaders in our area, and we're having some difficulties. It's not going as well as we'd like it to go. What can we do? Where should we start?
1: First thing not to do is run to your mission president, the first thing you should do is counsel with your companion and the Lord. about how can we resolve this difficulty that seems to have beset us? And no, elders and sisters, the adversary would throw contention into any situation where he knows good things are on the horizon. Yeah. So contention will inevitably arise because the adversary does not want the good to happen. So counsel together and counsel with the Lord counsel with a trusted priesthood leader or sister leader in that council and ask them inspired questions about how to approach that situation, and then be patient and let it unfold. Patience will have her perfect work. We just need to let it unfold sometimes.
0: That's pretty wise. Then let's go to this question. Um, Thinking about missionaries working with ward leaders, what do we hope to see as missionaries are working with new or returning members in a local ward or branch?
2: I would just say as much as possible, get those new and returning members integrated into that unit. Make sure they have friends. Make sure they have someone to sit by. Make sure that people that you know who might have similar interests or ideas would be there to be a friend to them and just get them integrated. Again, those people will persist a lot longer than you will in that particular area And I think that um, those introductions will be really important to those new and returning members.
1: I love that. Alongside those introductions, a friend is to teach the importance of the altar. In each of our units, whether that's a tabletop in a school building or a rented facility, through the power of the priesthood, that tabletop is turned into a temporary altar. In all of our chapels, even the sanctuary for sinners where we all come every Sunday, there is the table of the Lord whereon the ordinance of the sacrament is placed. Why do we come to that altar? Remember that in the temple too, elders and sisters, we have the altars of the Lord. So the altars in the chapel or in your rented facility or wherever you meet is only preparation for the altars and the covenants we make in the house of the Lord. So, when we teach about the next ordinance, including the sacrament, these new and returning members understand, oh, I need to be symbolically at that altar and lay down my burdens, my sin, my hardship, my imperfection, and that they may receive joy from Jesus there.
0: um Yagi, that's really beautiful. And I think... And what you're reminding me is missionaries in these particular roles with new and returning members, they can still teach and should teach and teach doctrine that help people make and keep those promises, right? Um, especially that doctrine, right? Why we go to church and what we're doing in the sacrament and how we renew our covenants. Uh, it could be easy as a missionary to be like, well, they already baptized, so we don't teach. We just kind of visit them, you know, or we we just kind of check on them once in a while. And that that may be true in some circumstances, but... Missionaries are called to teach, and they have that way of teaching. I think people expect and are and are open to missionaries bringing that truth to them and inviting them to live the commitments that they've made.
1: And indeed, elders and sisters know that that's the most fruitful ground. Someone who has recently come back to church have lots of non-member friends and family. Yeah. Or they haven't been in a while, or they're new, new to the church. Oh, my goodness. They always have someone who can also be taught. So if they're experiencing the joy of the sacrament and being in church— Always remember to ask, well, which of your friends and family will benefit from the same message?
0: Yeah, that's great. Is there anything we've missed as we think about members and missionaries working together and the leaders in a warder branch? Anything else that you'd want to share with missionaries?
1: Well, one thing I would want to emphasize is that in your gospel library, elders and sisters, when you see that bright blue icon on the third line of your library, it's the Handbook of Instruction. And every 12 weeks for the last two years, each section has been updated, including chapter 23 of that handbook working with members, inviting all to participate in the work of salvation on this side of the veil, and the principles of loving our neighbors, sharing what's in our heart, and inviting all the are there, including great instructional videos. So I would just comment, get to know the handbook, especially chapter 23, that your ward, branch, stake leaders, district leaders are receiving training from headquarters and from their Area 70, as well as sister leaders throughout the church.
2: One thing that's been on my mind since um, we started is that these leaders will be different than leaders in your home, ward, or stake, or branch. Oftentimes, maybe your levels of education will be different, maybe your exposure, maybe you'll be in a different continent, and you need to trust their experience, their life experience, their differences that they, whether or not they have the same background as you, that they have the experience that they need to lead in that area. They've been called of God. And trust them and honor them
0: and respect them in their callings. And I think that will go a long way. I love that. Sisters and elders, thanks for joining us today. We hope that you'll find practical things you can take away from what you've heard and that you'll especially follow any impressions you've felt as we've talked about working with ward leaders today. We love you. We pray for you every day. And we believe in the work that you're doing and know you can do this. Thanks for joining us.